Welcome to the Space Shovel Podcast. This is Avian's official innovation podcast. Today, I have Tracy Barkheimer and Dan Nega. Uh, Dan is the VP for Strategic Innovation. And Tracy, I don't know your exact title, but do you want to go ahead and explain what you, do, what you do for the company and maybe a little bit about your background? I um, have been an acquisition professional for over 25 years now, um, and... I was hired to be a an executive coach consultant for some of our Department of the Navy folks on the base. Yeah, so that's really exciting because I want to say you're probably one of our first consultants as a company, and wow, um, I think there might be uh, some road ahead for that that part, which is very exciting. Um, yes, Tracy is a uh, trailblazer. Yes, <laughs> Trail, trailblazing Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about flying cars, and more specifically, the technology behind them. A lot of them um, now are these uh, VTOL vehicles, which VTOL stands for Vertical Takeoff and Landing. I had to write that down because it's not super familiar to me. Um, but when when we think about flying cars, I mean, for me, I think about the cars that always had the wings and it, it kind of just looked like a plane, um, which might be a good place to start off this conversation. Where do we where do we cut the line in the sand for what what we classify as a flying car and what we classify just as like another helicopter or or um, kind of VTOL system? Uh there's no difference. Yeah. Uh, there uh, is a difference. Okay. I beg well, to differ. Go. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Tracy, over to you. Go a ahead. VTOL only um, does vertical takeoff and landing. The idea behind a, a uh, flying car is that you drive it on the road, and then you can take it off in the air, transfer wherever you're going to go, right. and then land vertically and drive back on the, car, on the ground again. So it puts a, another element of complexity into the innovation that some of the companies out there are trying to do right now. Yeah, so I would agree with that. I think Tracy's right. I will say that I believe the press interchanges those two words yes. um, and those two thoughts as if they're the same thing. So yes, you're right. You're 100% right. A flying car is just as you said. They're calling the eVTOL a flying car right. a la the Jetsons, right? If who's yep. old enough to know the Jetsons. <laughs> um and, and therein lies the trick, right? An eVTOL, electric vertical takeoff and landing, boy, that's a sporty proposition. And that is, there's a lot there there. You know, you read some of the things in the press, and the words you see on a regular basis are demonstrator, prototype, experimental. And then if you pull it back a little bit, they say, well, they have flight times of up to 10 minutes. Okay, well, up to 10 minutes means maybe once they got to 10 minutes, but it's usually four or five minutes and they run out of power because mm -hmm. it's a complicated machine. Mm -hmm. It is complicated. So um, batteries present the largest challenge yeah. uh, and charging batteries, you can't put an infinite number of batteries on these vehicles, it'll be right. too heavy. Um, so there's companies out there and we have a couple right here locally um, that are working on hybrid systems, which oh. they generate their own power in the air, take off with a battery, and uh, generate their own power. And it's it's pretty cool stuff. There's a small business called Unmanned Propulsion Development um, out of Techport that has a pretty good design. And he flew, I want to say, two and a half hours or oh, wow. 2.7 hours back in December of 2019, which at the time is an unofficial um Guinness World Record. Yeah, how, how big was it, Tracy? It was, it was a little, little tiny thing. No, when that small, it yeah. was, it was pretty, you know, 
but but not big enough to carry around a couple of humans. No. Yeah. There's so the trick. Th- but but you have to you really have to start smaller right. to get bigger. I agree. And and that's why when you read some of the press and look, the venture capitalists have come in with their big piles of money and they're talking about flying in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. What's well, a that's a that's a steep hill to climb because there are a lot of complexities. One thing, if you're going to carry around, you know, if, if Grubhub is going to have these things and you're going <laughs> to order your pizza or your uh, uh, beef and broccoli and it's going to come and, yeah, if it, if it crashes or drops it or there's a thunderstorm, nobody's really going to care. Right. Put humans in there, it's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Then the lawyers get involved and, you know, all bets are off. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of things that have to happen before flying. You see flying cars become the norm, and I don't know that we're going to see it in our time, right. but you never know. 2023, man, go look online. That's what they're saying. So I remember crazy. there is a company that's working on it, but um, there are so many other things that have to be considered. There's infrastructure questions that have mm-hmm. to be answered. Um, vertipo- uh, vertiports or whatever are going to have to be built. Yeah. Um, you can't just take a taxi and land at an airport. Exactly. Right? Uh, insurance, liability. Well, uh, then there's also the people, right? So you have the aircraft issues and you have the people issues. So are we going to, you know, is my mother going to go learn how to fly right. so she can drive her vehicle to the and fly her vehicle to the supermarket? Well, I mean, there's lots of questions. That's You're a right. good point. Or, or are you going to do it autonomously that, where you yes. where you get in, you punch in the address you want to go to, and it takes you there? Uh, right. For me, hard pass on that one for a while. <laughs> well, we're not even there with cars yet. <laughs> well, that's what we're I was going to say. So let's pivot the question a little bit. What We're <laughs> almost there with cars. I, I mean, almost is a very relative uh, term, but... Um, what what do you think we could learn from the process of figuring out how to make fully autonomous vehicles and apply that to uh, fully autonomous self-drive or self-flying cars? So yeah, you can get in right now. I don't. It might be Las Vegas. It might be Arizona. I don't remember exactly. But there's somewhere that has a fully autonomous autonomous taxi. You get in. I don't know if it's application driven or you type it in like you said once you get into it. But it's like this minivan that you just get in. Type in your location or where you want to go, and it takes you there. Um, obviously, there's things we can apply from what we're learning in that into these flying cars, but is there anything specific that you guys can think of? Trace? So there, I'm familiar with a, a couple of um, companies out in Silicon Valley. Um, one, Neural Propulsion Systems, um, has developed a mathematical algorithm that um, increases your range accuracy and range ability in the vehicle. And they, I think they just launched last month or two months ago. But anyway, um, this mathematical algorithm can do that for you. And they put it on a car to do autonomous driving. Um, they can even look a, uh, around the corner, which is very oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty innovative stuff. So there's companies out there doing those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, now put that in the air in a three-dimensional uh, environment, um, very hard, right. uh, and you know how software software is. We still haven't imperfect. Fig- we still haven't <laughs> figured out how to manage and develop software properly. Right. Um, but there's a lot of companies out there investing a whole lot of money, like Toyota and mm. uh, and, a, and a bunch of different venture capitals, as you mentioned, yeah. that are are really going to see this. Now, I will tell you that um, I had a family member. Um, <clears throat> back in the 50s and 60s, who invested in helicopters because he thought it was going to be the transportation solution to the world. Right. You're going to land on top of buildings. and Yeah, 
where has that gone? Exa uh, right? Exactly. So, so public perception and the fear of flying is mm -hmm. real. It, yep. And um, they do it in New York quite a bit, but it's, you know, it's congested in New York. There's buildings right. in your way, right? So um, they have very narrow corridors that you have to fly around in and and um, flight paths. And, and so it's not, I, I just don't see it, I don't see it happening just yet. Um, the European uh, Agency, Aviation Safety Agency, mm -hmm. I think, is um, is actually approaching it by building blocks um, and coming up with um, stepping stones kind of to develop certification process for both the air vehicle and the pilot or the drone operator or whatever right. you're going to call it. Um, back to what you said about the press, right? They call all sorts of things drones. Right. There's only one drone I know of. It's being right. dragged behind an aircraft. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, right. yeah. So terminology has to be there. Um, and uh, public understanding has to be part of it. Um, you know, n let's just put the flying part aside and the challenges there. What about these vertiports in your backyard? Everybody right. hates the sound of aircraft. Well, these are that's hence the E VTOL because mm -hmm. they're quiet and they kind of whisper along. I, I don't know. It's there are a lot of challenges, and for those people out there that might be listening, take everything you read coming out <laughs> of the venture capitalist with a grain of salt. One guy said, and I'm going to put my old guy glasses on. One guy said, owning a VTOL could be as affordable as owning a bicycle. All right. Well, that's categorically right. not going to happen. Grandchildren, maybe. <laughs> maybe, but I, Tracy, your point is great about uh, your family member in the '50s talking about helicopters mm -hmm. being, you know, the transportation of the future. Well, it is for some people. Mm -hmm. The very, very, very wealthy travel by helicopter mm -hmm. in cities because they can. Mm -hmm. The average person uh, count me as somebody who's never taken a helicopter <laughs> in New York City. Or anywhere else except you right. should over, next time you're there. Yeah, <laughs> over Niagara Falls, which was in you know kind of cool. Just as a side note, um, there are a lot of things to overcome, mm -hmm. and uh, the technical challenges, the the human being challenges mm -hmm. of of having the confidence to get on something that's going to fly and go fast, and maybe or maybe not have a pilot there. Mm -hmm. uh, that's tricky. Yep. Pe people are 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 wary of getting in a self-driving car mm -hmm. now. Right. So so, uh, Ian, I'll ask you: If you were in Phoenix on your golf trip in February in Scottsdale, and you 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 called up an Uber because maybe you had more than one beer, right? So you called up your Uber, <laughs> and the self-driving autonomous Uber showed up. Would you get in or not get in? Depends how much you drank. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I also I think. I think my answer personally would be yes, I'd get in just because I want the experience of that. And would you be like the Mars rover and take a selfie of yourself? I think I would. I think I would post it on the Instagram page. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. in a self-driving car. Somebody get me a <laughs> would they think there's gonna be a bar in the back seat Ooh. of the self-driving car? Like a limo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a vending machine? It's a vending machine to... where you have to swipe your credit card right. and out pops like a seven dollar Heineken. Yes. <laughs> so I see somewhere, somewhere, no matter you know if that scenario actually comes to fruition, somewhere there's going to be a human in the loop. Somewhere. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. ATC or something like as that. As you were talking, be... I'm thinking, well, is this going to create a job now? So we have these flying vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, is there somebody sitting in an office somewhere that is maybe 
okay, so it's not fully autonomous, but maybe they're controlling the vehicle from point A to point B rather than. Well, we have a, you know, we have a helicopter on Mars, which is pretty right. daggone cool. It is right. cool. Um, it's not a fixed wing, if you notice. Yes. It's a helicopter, but it still has a human in the loop, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. From 4 million miles away. 400 million miles yep, away or whatever it way. is. It's a long, long way, way away. Right. It's, it's Somebody's t- still maneuvering it. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't think we're quite there yet. But um, to say that, just like back in the 50s and the 60s, to say that helicopters were going to be all over the place, people believed it. I mean, right. yeah. people invested in it. Yeah. I don't know where that stock yeah. is now, but and, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> yeah. and you mentioned, not viable. And Trace, you mentioned a second ago ATC, so air traffic control. I can't imagine if if... Everything that the the VC guys talk about, you know, there are going to be EV toll taxis and people are going to have their own and Amazon's are going to be delivering stuff. And of course, that means UPS and FedEx will be delivering mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, that's a lot of stuff flying around in the air. Right. And so maybe the place for uh, sort of that second order is, hey, who's going to sell all the air traffic control radars? Because there's going to have to be a ton of them everywhere and and do you remember a a few years back there were there was a big and i can't remember the details about it but there was a big um awareness or an awakening so to speak of the stress air traffic controllers have yeah you think this is going to add stress to their job well it'll it'll certainly add stress and it'll add to the workforce if all this comes to fruition and Mm -hmm. there'll be like an air traffic controller on Maybe not every street corner, but everywhere there's a Starbucks. It'll be like air traffic controllers and Starbucks. <laughs> or maybe they'll be using cameras to do that. I don't, you know. Yeah, right. That's I what know. I was thinking. Big Brother's is on there, its way. Is there a way? Big Brother's here. Mm-hmm. Is there something that we could offer that makes the life of an air traffic controller easier? Is there software that could be developed or some kind of machine learning application that that? Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. And you went to software applications and machine learning. I went to like you know portable bathrooms and, and cheeseburgers. That's 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 a Dan problem, I suppose. Like because well, they're going to be there inundated, right? This right. stuff is going to be all over them. They're like, I I need to go to the bathroom, right? Hey, space shovel listeners, I want to say thank you first of all for listening to this podcast. We have some really exciting ones coming up and in the works. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're not following the Work Awesome Network on social media, I encourage you to do that. That's on basically every platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. You can follow the Work Awesome Network. That is where you get updates on the Space Shovel podcast as well as the Work Awesome podcast. And in the future, some more projects that we have coming out. So definitely jump over to those platforms wherever you consume your content to get the most up-to-date information. And now back to this episode. So the difference I think I, think I see um, from the 50s to now is... Um, the technology is um, multitudes better and the innovation is multitudes better and there are there are some serious investors in there. So this might be the next revolution. You know, there was the um, car revolution, yeah. there was um, helicopter vertical takeoff right. and lift revolution. And so this might be the next revolution, but I, I just think there's so many obstacles that we have to think of before we um, believe that it's going to be an everyday occurrence. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right, and there's a lot of people banking real money on, on making this happen, and and I hope that they're successful. Um, we'll see. Me too, because it would be nice to, you know, have a helicopter land in my yard, take me to dinner with my husband, and then bring me back, and I don't have to worry about you know drinking and anything. driving or anything, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. 
Well, and, and you know, to make these time uh, effective, you know, many of these companies are doing the uh, transitional flight, right? You take mm -hmm. off like a helicopter transition, fly like an airplane so you can go faster and pick up more people and, and you can make the business case right. theoretically close. That, that transition period of going from vertical to horizontal is at best sporty, mm -hmm. at worst deadly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, yes. And um, thank goodness the V-22 ha uh, survived all their challenges. There were right. years back, Ma major efforts to shut that program down. Well, and there were multiple crashes because it's, mm -hmm. like I said, you know, when you're going vertically, you get the lift from your, your rotors. Going horizontally, the lift comes from your wings mm -hmm. or, or, you know, whatever Props. whatever Props. surface you have. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's hard to do. But you're right. We did it once. Nobody else has done it as far as I know. Has done vertical? Uh, transitional. Uh, flight. There are some small companies that uh, Bell, Bell and Boeing are, are, they actually have a smaller version of the V-22 that's commercially available. Right, but those companies have the know-how how to do it. Oh, yeah. Right. I agree with that. And I don't know that there's any others that have that, because the flight control laws are, are tricky. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been talking a lot about helicopter-esque type of vehicles. What about something like the F-35 that, is, that can hover in place, right? And my terminology isn't correct, I know, I'm sorry. Um, but that can kind of hover in place. Is that applicable, do you think, to maybe some future technology with flying cars? Um, maybe. The way the, the way the F-35B does it, though, is it, it takes its it shaft-driven fan and a, and a thrust vectoring nozzle. So it takes the power from the engine, the ginormous engine that an aircraft has, it engages a, a, um, a shaft, which drives a huge lift fan, which pushes air down through the nozzle and, and then takes some of that air, pushes it forward. So it's kind of doing this. Right. And then it kind of takes off and goes that way. The weight penalty for that is huge. It's it's probably not 10,000 pounds, but it's probably about six or 7,000 pounds. So you would never be able to do that on something that would just, you know, have... And would fuel. Be small. And fuel. Fuel. Yeah. fuel is a challenge, yep. Right. So it's it's a technical marvel, frankly, the F-35B, that it can do it. And mm -hmm. to be able to do that on Tracy's front lawn so she can go to dinner with her husband, <laughs> right. tricky. I don't want to burn my grass. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Um, the other thing is um, um, the acoustics of that aircraft are tremendous. Yes. Right? Very, very dangerous right. levels of sound. And that's a problem that, when you have those jets engaged that, that I don't think right. are going to be conducive to commercial right. and, and cabbing. Right. right. And right. many people don't understand for, for that aircraft specifically that the acoustics are damaging to the structure right around it. And it's such a low frequency. And Ian, I don't know if you ever hear it flying around here. Oh yeah. You can feel it yes. in your chest <laughs> as it's flying it's by. It's like the space the shuttle. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. My house happens to be right in the flight path. So it's, it's yeah. yes, I hear it. So often. again, <laughs> when Tracy's going to the Palm in DC with her husband, <laughs> People are her neighbors are not going to be happy right. when that happens. <laughs> I have to replace a few windows right. a little, quite often. Um, what else? Uh, what about we talked a little about about navigation? Have so let's talk specifically about Uber and they have a program called Elevate, mm -hmm. which um, again based off of sort of a VTOL um, concept. Um. They're saying that they can fly from San Francisco to San Jose in 15 minutes, which 
I don't know how familiar you are with the West Coast, but that's a, a, a pretty decent trip if you're taking it by car. It is. That's probably every bit of an hour to go. Like mm-hmm. if you're talking downtown San Francisco all the way to like San Jose Airport mm-hmm. or like Mountain View or someplace down there. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm not familiar with Uber's vehicle. Is it, is it, um, does it transition? Does it then fly like an airplane or is it pure? I don't know specifically. They have a whole white paper on it. Um, I can, oh, it's on I paper. Can, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we know about PowerPoint. We do. Slideshows. <laughs> PowerPoint engineering. We can, yeah. uh, we can link that white paper for you, but um, it seems like there is some sort of transitional phase there. Yeah. So. And, and so that's hard to do. And, and look, in that part of the country where weather is sporty, and fog rolls in. True. Oof. Yeah, it might uh, be a, might be a, a a program that they're investing in, mm-hmm. but they got to have aviators. Yeah. Yes. And and, and engineers. And, and engineers. And uh, I don't know that I would get into an Uber flying aircraft. It's hard for me to get into an Uber on the ground right, right now yeah, right. <laughs> for safety purposes, yeah. right? So, um, but it's interesting. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing that people don't perhaps understand is as a concept of EMI, electromagnetic interference. Have you ever plugged your phone into your car and you happen to be listening to the radio? Right. And you plug your phone in and your radio starts going. <laughs> not, that's, with, not with the new iPhones. Okay. <laughs> but that's, Time to get rid of that flip phone, Dan. Yeah, that's it. So that's EMI. And well, you don't want to have that if you're flying in your car mm-hmm. and there's somebody who you're flying over is mm-hmm. is using their um, ham radio <laughs> or their microwave or their microwave right. or something, and all of a sudden you get a little just a little blip in your computer system and it has to reboot. Uh oh, bad. It happens every time I drive past between gate three and gate yep. two. Yes. I lose my I lose comms every single time. Yes. Well, <laughs> why is that? Because they're blasting. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, electromagnetic waves. Yeah. So Interesting. it's so it's. The point is, it's all those things that have to be taken to account before you let people get into mm-hmm. a machine and have that machine move them from point A to point B, especially if there's not a human in the loop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I always worry about, and I um, got my undergraduate degree in electrical engineering, and I always said, God, I got a degree in something I never saw. Um all these, all these electromagnetic waves running around the Earth. What mm-hmm. is that doing to us? Well, that's a good point. That, you know what? That's Nobody's the next, studying that's the that. Next podcast, Ian, is the is, is what is it doing to us? Right. What's it doing to our brains? You know, putting yeah. the phone up. They people talk about getting cancer from using their phones. Well, all this adds to that electromagnetic field it running does. around the Earth, and and I wonder often. What's that doing to us? Right, right. And now you're going to add all the all the air traffic control radars that are going to have to be like <laughs> at every Starbucks, uh, keeping track of all this stuff. There's another example about um, aviators flying off the aircraft carriers or some of the DDGs and some of the cruisers, some of those radars zapping you. People think yeah. that they they always have kids because of that or something. Interesting. Like extra They always kids? have girl kids, I mean. Oh, okay. They always have girls. So, hmm. um, and... Cancer causing too, so right. I think the um, I think there's a study out going around about that now too about some of our jet pilots yeah, having cancer. So those are like the really bad second and third order right. effects yeah. right, that we should be. Concerned but if you have about. radars like that, um, use you know trying to track multiple vehicles in the airspace, right? They could they could have the same kind of effects. Yeah, and we're not scary. Talking, I mean, say this is in full swing. We're talking. It's probably going to become as common as a car. 
So think about how much traffic is on the road and that's now in the airspace. It has to be like at, what we're saying tracked in. Um, yeah. That, that's a lot. So it is, it is a lot. And I wonder if that would turn into, boy, now we're really getting wonky. <laughs> if that would turn that's into, what you wanted. Yes. That we're turning, turn into like roads in the air. Like you can't fly anywhere you want. Right. You have to follow a very specific corridor like commercial airlines do now that you can't just go wherever you want. That would just. Civil aviation has um, corridors too. Right. So well, I don't know if it's the Jetsons, but there was some cartoon where there's like always floating street signs, and the flying cars would follow these floating street signs. I forget which which TV show that was, but yeah, um, probably was the Jetsons. Imagine that though, like having I don't know how you would ever do it, but street signs basically just floating in the air. Well, all you the know, time. the <laughs> other part of this is all this venture capital has been sort of burbling around in this stuff for you know two or three years, you know, and and so we've we've gone through this period of of COVID and changing of the workforce with more work remotely. I won't say work from home, but work remotely. And so there's less traffic. And so does that then obviate the need that people saw for this? Because, look, you can get around D.C. now a lot better than you could 18 months ago. It's imperfect. It's creeping but it's back, better. though. It's, it's creeping is, back. It is creeping back. <laughs> it is creeping back, but it's not gridlock-like like it was. So now... I don't know why this that prompted what I'm thinking now, but like, what if the start of this is the big companies? So like the Facebooks, the the ones that are in the game of technology. What if the start of this is them buying into this, using it to transport their, so you go to a Facebook shuttle spot, everyone that works on Facebook gets onto this air vehicle and now they just shuttle <laughs> you to, <laughs> shuttle you to work every day. So you're eliminating that traffic. I mean, to me, that seems like a real, a really um, real way that this could eventually get started. You just well, gave gave Tracy the, the chill. She was like, "Ooh." <laughs> so, um, growing up in New York City, right? Subways do that, but there's yeah. still awful lot of cars right. up there. So it's not going to be it's not going to be a solution for everybody. Um, but there will be enough people that that could be a possibility. Just another mode of transportation. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, the challenges for a large vehicle moving around a lot of people in the air is far-fetched. Right. Yeah, they're, Possible. Called, they're called 737s. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but but a vertical one is is probably a little bit out there right now. Yeah. yeah. Barring yeah. some major breakthrough in battery and energy and, and energy storage and things of that nature. So we'll it's interesting. A lot of our topics somehow have the same themes where it always goes back to, we can do this in the future, but first we need to figure out how to make better batteries or how to make better sensors or better whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, and part of the reason behind that, Ian, is because you have an engineer sitting right here and an engineer <laughs> sitting right there. And it's like, all right, it's a good idea. Well, you, you know, know one, one of these EV, sorry, Tracy, one okay. of these eVTOL companies has been started by like a couple of business dudes from Florida. Right. Okay. Well, congratulations, business dudes from Florida. What you really need are engineers to make your your vehicle work. There is over two hundred, <clears throat> at least over two hundred companies working on VTOL, um, eVTOL, uh, and flying cars around the world, mm -hmm. and half of them won't survive. Right, half. I bet you a dollar it's like less than ten percent. Could be, could be. <laughs> but you know, the um, thank God for the Jetsons. Thank God for Star Trek. Right, all those ideas right. are coming to life. So imagination is the key to innovation. So yes. who knows what the future holds? Right. Um, but the future is pretty bright, and I think we're in a better spot now than we were in the nineteen fifties and sixties to see this. 
take off a little bit better. Yeah. Yep, I think so. So let's wrap this up with a shameless plug for Avian. If there are any of these companies that want testing people, we <laughs> happen to be really good at testing things. Right. So reach out to us. Uh, and um, I think this was a really good conversation. On the next episode, we're talking about hoverboards and the conversation will be more focused on like drones, but um, what that could mean for the future. And if you are a fan of like back to the future, um, potentially having one of those hoverboards soon. There's a video out there. Is there? On Facebook that has a dude... Um, using a hoverboard in the streets of New York City. Interesting. He stops at the red lights. He goes like that, and it's it's very cool. Look it up on Facebook. That's where I saw it. We'll I was like, oh, that. my goodness, that's awesome. I'll send it to okay. you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely um, – the next episode will be fun. We have a handful of drone experts coming in and talking about that with us, so definitely look out for that. Tracy, thank you for joining me and Dan today. Dan, thank you for always being here, and I will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you.